Hello, and welcome to our latest Podmaster episode, where master entrepreneur Rick Lowe and I spend some time each week chatting about things that are front of our minds. If you're a freeman, enjoyed this podcast, then do go check out our others. And if having listened to them, you have something you'd like to share, then do get in touch with me, Mark Huxley. I'd love to hear from you. Hi, Rick. Good to be back with you again. It's been a couple of weeks. Hope you're well. Yeah, very good, Mark. Good to be back. So this week, we, we were chatting beforehand and talking about, you know, kind of a world immediately post-furlough and that once the, the government withdraw their support, you know, what's that going to look like for the workplace? And I mean, I think we both agree that certainly there's going to be a significant increase in redundancies yeah. going forward. But I, I guess on the flip side, like much else that's gone on, with that headwind comes some, some tailwinds of, of opportunity. And sure. you, know, you, you were saying that, as much as you're, you're looking to some of the staff that were in, maybe not being there, you've also got um, opportunities for new people coming in. So I thought maybe just have a chat around kind of where, where do we think that the next six, 12 months of the, of the workplace is, is going to look and lay. Um, so so what, what's, what, I suppose the first question, what, what, what's your feeling, your immediate gut feeling about as furlough stops, what, what impact that's going to have on the workplace? Well, the, I think the pretty obvious thing is unemployment will rise there's no question about that um and the numbers being banded around mark we've all seen them are about probably up to four million which i think is four times the, the, the where we were in january for example so it's a big number and it's a scary number and that has all kinds of impact on you know, society long-term challenges etc etc you know contributions and taxes the fabric of the government and the, and the country really and i think it's coming i don't think we can avert it and the challenge for all of us it, it, it is the um pendulum swinging between one on the one hand despair and on the other hand excitement because there is some good news there is some opportunity of course and we've, we've seen a lot of businesses that have, that have thrived and done well but we do know there's a host of, let's say, traditional businesses, dare I say, retail, hospitality, where the, the opportunities just will not be there in the next 12 months. It's virtually impossible. And maybe they're going to take the brunt of it. So along those lines, it's planning for the inevitable. And, you know, entrepreneurs by nature, Mark, as you know, are resilient and resourceful. But, but I think we're all looking at the businesses we've got and probably trimming them and refocusing them to make sure we understand where the value is. I know we've talked about this before, but, you know, repurposing some people and just making sure that as much as we still want to be ambitious, we've got to be pragmatic and careful because it's very easy for a positive situation to slip away. So that's where I think we're going now and the focus a month two months ago was you know emerging out of lockdown being able to fly and travel again etc etc but we've got to that point we've got some measurables against it but hey presto if you're coming back from spain you've got to go into to quarantine now for 14 days does that mean we're in for a second lockdown in the uk will it be geographical there's all these things floating around which create doubt and worry and prevent people making decisions you know you and i have talked about it many times that word confidence without confidence as a human being you don't do a lot because you don't want to make a decision and that's the big concern i've got is is 
as we approach October, you know, you're moving towards Christmas, all the physical impacts of living in the UK, weather and approaching Christmas and the challenge is we might talk ourselves into a bigger problem and and that, that's an area we just don't know yet we, we're going in we, we just don't know what it's going to be like the other side do you think i mean obviously there's been a a little bit of a uh, false foundation because you know in the short term investors have still been back in businesses money's still being pumped into them obviously that has a finite life and irrespective yeah. they're going to look for returns on those investments, whether you know short or medium, I'm not sure anyone's looking at longer term. Um, so, do you, what do you think the kind of investor attitude is? And maybe as a as a separate question, you know, with, with central government, I mean, only to my opinion, I think the the, the chancellor has been extraordinarily generous and measured yeah. in what, what his his offered. But again, you know, this has to stop at some point because one way or the other all we're doing is kicking a financial can down the road of pain yeah. so the more we, we hold up the economy the more we're going to be further and further into deep debt um yeah. so again you know in those two parts what, what do you see on the kind of investor appetite if that's confidence and, and what do you think about the government well i think from an investor point of view that there's money about to invest clearly but i think it will be possibly more challenging depending on what type of business it is and the i mean investing is as, as much as it's financial mark it's also emotional so what does the management team look like is the idea good what's the competitive marketplace how do you manage and mitigate risk versus the opportunity so some businesses will still thrive and do well and get funded and it's probably going to be in the the AI, the automation area. I mean, I know from a personal point of view, we're looking at areas we can automate and we can techify, to coin a phrase, in parts of our business, because that is the future. And that is probably a wiser way to spend money. Um, so I think for the right space and the right, right types of business, there will always be investment. And, and we've seen a lot of those tech businesses and online businesses do very, very well. And they will... I think continue to uh, just switching back to your point on uh, on our chancellor you know he, he said several times he will do whatever it takes I think you're right I think he's been measured um, I think he'll always be challenged that you know he can never do enough so he, he's always going to fight a battle he can't ultimately win but things like VAT cuts for hospitality and or encouraging people to go out and spend in a restaurant in in August for a £10, you know, cash back to drive demand, to, to, to push people out of the door and get them spending money. You know, the £1,000 post furlough payment if you keep people on after furlough till January. The question is whether it's going to be enough. And we probably always come back to the same point that what's going to drive us out of this is, is business and uh, and ultimately entrepreneurs and i'm sure that you will have to incentivize businesses and business owners more is that via from you know promoting um apprentices apprenticeships is is it via cutting red tape to employ people i mean we know now the litigation around employment is so high um it it, it does turn business owners away sometimes when they know the risks of employing people etc on the other hand, we, we, we've got to live in a society that's fair and honourable and does the right thing to, 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 to all of us. 
I think there's some really interesting dynamics going. Um, and again, on the one hand, it will give us opportunity, um, but we do have to be pragmatic. I mean, you mentioned a couple of good things there. I think, I think the confidence, whether that's you know, a, a actual confidence or a lack of it, or whether it's a perceived confidence or lack of it, the social impact of the change that's gone on, you know, we've looked down the lens of the employer, yeah. but certainly from the, you know, the employee point of view, the, the impact on their lives, their lifestyles, the, the wants, the needs, you know, the, the, the work-life balance, everything that goes in around that. I mean, it, they're going to come back at it in a, you know, with a different set of bruises than, than perhaps the businesses have got. So mm. perhaps there's never a going back to what it was before because nobody wants to be back in, in that place given choice. And I'm trying to link this into kind of entrepreneurial opportunity because, I mean, certainly if there's going to be the, the levels of redundancy, you know, the four million that you're talking about, yeah, there's a lot of people out there that want to use this as an agent for their own personal change. Just interested on your your thoughts around that, um, you know, putting more down that employee's lens now. I think there's some dynamics going that will never go back to where they were. You know, people being able to work from home and, and making that situation work well for a business. I mean, we haven't really suffered personally from people working from home in our business. We haven't. They, in actual, I wouldn't say it's been seamless, but... It's, it's, it's got its advantages. Does it mean that the traditional way of you know, PAYE and employment will shift? Um, something you alluded to earlier was, will people have a portfolio career now where two days they do some freelance for this business, then you know, two days later, or two, two day, other days of the week that they're working for another or working for themselves perhaps on one day a week? I think we will shift towards a much more flexible workforce, which is probably not a bad thing. And I think the challenge you're going to have is the people that have been PAYE and, and, and been getting the pay slip last Friday of every month for years who might end up out of a job and not be able to reinvent themselves that quickly. And they're going to suffer. And then there's the poorer elements of society and, and the young people who may find themselves out of work for long periods of time. It, it probably comes back to how, how do we incentivize business owners to, to take on more people and to try and drive for growth, but in a very measured way. And I think that that will unfold over the next few months. I mean, we do know the end of October is around the corner. That's what everyone's thinking about now. I mean, a, a month or so ago, it was, emerging out of lockdown and getting back to be able to go out of your house and perhaps go on the high street and shop or fly. But, but as I've said, you know, we're back to a stage now where we may get a second wave, we just don't know. And that will have impacts all over. It's difficult for an employee. I think, I think job security thing is, um, for many, will be a thing of the past. And, and, and longer term one would hope it will drive people to be more resilient and more flexible but that is an emotional shift for a lot of people i don't think it's going to happen overnight it's, i don't think it can interesting because um you, you you referenced a couple of articles that were in sunday times um as yeah. we were chatting ahead of this and just to to, to reference one of them um, by uh, it was a commentary piece by Luke Johnson, economists don't create jobs, entrepreneurs do. And I, I thought there was a really kind of telling part at the end of the first paragraph where um, obviously he's talking about the plight of where we're going to be 
post furlough. Um, but it says, you know, freelancers become entrepreneurs when they take on their first employees. It's a momentous step, giving someone a job, uh, that side of it. And said, and they are the real, real engine, pardon me, of the of a dynamic economy. Yeah. Most big companies are not net creators of jobs. And I like this particular comment. And government only creates jobs funded by taxes paid by other workers. Yes. It's interesting to go back to that chancellor thing, you know, and I'm, I'm not sure whatever else he can do now. But and again, if we accept this societal change, what, what can the future look like in, in creating the environment for, for entrepreneurialism to, to very much flourish and become more the norm than the, the, the abnormal? Um, you know, so I don't know if you've got any, on any kind of crystal ball views about whether it's you know, better entrepreneurs relief, whether it's innovate better kind of innovate UK type funds, yeah. innovation and, and reimagination labs that sit out there. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I, I think inevitably we're going to be, we're being pushed down a road, which is where as individuals in society, we're, in, we're going to be encouraged to take more responsibility for our own lives. I think, I think that's a good thing for a number of areas of society, but it's a big shift for probably 95% of the population to actually have to potentially fend for themselves. Um, It's interesting how it will unfold because referencing that article, there there was talk, or I think Luke Johnson made an analogy to, we've had the key workers in, um, in, in, um, the public sector, the NHS, and how we've gone out and clapped them on Thursdays. And I mean, they've done a tremendous job to keep the country alive and, and well in, in, in incredibly difficult circumstances. And conversely, or over the fence, we've got this private sector, but will, you know, will entrepreneurs play a role as key workers in the private sector where the lifeblood is the economy and we're there to drive it? And it is the smaller, you know, the, the SMEs that create many of the jobs. And we all as business owners need to start to make a decision. Has our appetite to risk changed? Possibly because our, our confidence level has changed. And somehow where we've got to go, and we've obviously got Brexit looming, which is a whole new conversation for another week, Mark. But I would hope that Britain will be resilient to come out of Brexit as as best we can and part of that will be on the front foot creating jobs which generates revenue and and wealth that has benefits to all kinds of society. Um, There's a lot of um, dynamics at play Mark and I I think it will play out in in the next six months we'll have a much clearer picture and let's hope the government as I'm sure they mean well and they know the obvious challenges we, that present themselves where businesses will need more support and more options to flourish and they're probably some of the bigger discussions the guild you know will be having with the guild um, and through our let's say tentacles of influence we can actually give some good counsel and 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 hopefully find some solutions to, to how we move forward. Maybe to throw out one final question, because I want to go back on something you, you said a moment ago, and it was that, you know, offering that flexibility within the workplace and, and if people do come back under different circumstances, I mean, you know, you're an owner operator. Um, you, you have the, the right and the luxury to, to live and die by the decisions you make within your business by degrees. You know, much of the, the rest of the economy will be paid CEOs. 
that don't yeah. have businesses. They're, they're just obviously there as a, to, to do the best for the shareholders and the other stakeholders in the business. Do you feel, A, do you feel there's an appetite for businesses to, to reimagine their workplace? And, I, you know, I'm trying to keep this on the, the employee focus that, you know what, coming back out of this, I'd rather you guys come back as you are. And if they're happy to have that slight kind of lack of certainty of the, the paycheck every Friday and the yeah. holiday and sick pay and all of that good stuff. Do you, do you feel a that there is an appetite to do that, and b how far that that's going to flex between whether, in your case as an owner operator, you've got that personal choice that you're making your business, and the appetite or lack of it perhaps mm -hmm. within larger corporations where yeah. paid executives to do the same thing because it's quite a brave thing to make that change, but feels like that change needs to be made at the moment. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, it's a classic situation of exploring all avenues and that term flexibility, you know, it, 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 I think the ownership of the problem is between the company and the individual, the employer and the employee. And those opening up those lanes of communication and honesty generally, in, as we all know, certainly as business owners, when you discuss a problem and you get get it out on the table you generally find a solution or, or, or can find several that there are options but and I think we, we've got to keep those lines of communication open and although it's bad news for no, no one likes giving bad news it's, it's a terrible thing to make people redundant it's a great thing it's a great privilege as an entrepreneur to employ people and see what value you can create in their lives but the fundamental is is to remain honest and open and communicate it may well be that the new world we're going into, people will accept working three days a week. We'll, we'll scale back the lives or we'll go and do something we've always wanted to do on the other two days. I think there's a whole, you know, providing that works for the business, that may well be an option. And um, the traditional nine to five has probably been changing for years, Mark. And now people have got used to the idea of working from home. So will we see less activity in cities people come you know less commuting i think we will um what does that mean that has all kinds of far-reaching impacts um so we've got to be open at you know big corporates as well as um small business owners have got to be open to all of those dynamics and it's probably one of the human's biggest fears is you know is lack of control but we don't have control over everything we've got to go with the flow in many ways now and find you know and see what where we find our own level the difficulty is you've still got to run a profitable business but there may well be advantages and there may well be i'm sure bigger opportunities out there that we'll find mm. providing we're still hungry and we've got to remain hungry no and definitely we, we've you know, on these podcasts we've spoken about resilience and sustainability of the business and i think even more so yeah, you know, people can't rest on their laurels of, you know, well, we got through this, we're fine on the other side. I think it's just all about lessons learned. But, yes, yeah, um, yeah. That, that, that's a lot of fuel for many more podcasts, Rick. So I think we'll probably draw this particular one to a close. I think there's some, some good topics there to, to keep the debate going. So as always, Rick, absolute pleasure. Thank you for taking time. Always good to talk well, to you. It was, it was enjoyable to uh, expand on, you know, where we're all going and, and obviously... 
it is going to be a few unknowns, but um, I think the key takeaway is that confidence factor, isn't it? We've, we've got to look at ways of keeping confidence in, in society and in, in, in the Chancellor's realm, making sure what he does imbues confidence in, into us to make us push forward with the businesses. Rick, as always, thank you. Thanks, and uh, until the next time. Thanks.